Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed, the songs that have been sung. We thank you for an opportunity to worship and giving. And now as we get ready to go into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our heart. And that it will gain great root and that it will grow into a mighty oak. And that you will be glorified in all things. We thank you for all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we are now into episode number three of our series called The Way, The Truth, and The Life. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the door. Jesus says that I am the door, and he alone provides access to eternal life. Not only does he provide access to eternal life, but he also provides freedom and protection to those who enter through him. So this means for his followers, Jesus is our door to abundant life, provision, and spiritual protection. Now, if you remember, we started off with episode number one. And in episode number one, we talked about bread. Then we jumped off to episode number two, where Jesus says that I am the light of the world. And now here we are at episode number three. And today we're going to be talking about the door. And for y'all country folks, the dope. The definition is, a door is an avenue, it's a passage. It's a mean of a means of approach or access, an opening, entrance or passage into a house or other building, into any room, apartment, or closet. We're going to be in John, the 10th chapter, starting at that first verse. And in John, the 10th chapter, starting at that first verse, it goes like this. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a robber and a thief. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. <clears throat> to him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Verse 6 says, This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So verse 7 says, So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts. In Jesus' name. So, in this 
this one, in this I am, Jesus has decided to break it down to the people in such a way that they would get a good understanding of what he was talking about. But as he began to explain it to them, he could see in their eyes they didn't understand. So he was trying to use an illustration because most of the people that he was talking to were shepherds. But they weren't grabbing hold of or they weren't understanding exactly what he was saying. And so I know none of y'all in here have been involved with shepherding. So um, let me break it down for you just a little bit. So if you don't understand shepherding, what Jesus was talking about may be a little strange, right? But shepherds have to lead their sheep. Because sheep don't have an internal homing instinct like other, other animals have. For instance, we have some ducks that every, well, geese this time of the year, the geese come around this time, that always come to the little uh, lake that we have in our area. And they let you know they're there, because they wang, 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 wang at 5 o'clock in the morning when folks trying to sleep. But some animals don't have that type of instinct, and sheep are one of them. So they know how to get back to where they need to be, but sheep need someone to lead them to where they need to be. So at nighttime, in the countryside, a shepherd would need to lead his sheep back to what they call the sheepfold. Now, a sheepfold was uh, an enclosure that was built. They were usually circular, and they had an opening in them. It had a singular opening, so it would be like a letter C, okay? Just to kind of give you a visual. A letter C, and the, but the, the opening of the letter C is a little bit more closed. So only one or two sheep could go in at a time because he had to count the sheep to make sure he had all of them back. So what he would do as the night was falling, he would lead the sheep back to the sheepfold and have them inside that sheepfold. Um, I guess another name that we could call it would be a corral, a corral that he would put them, put them in. <clears throat> and so when he put them in the sheepfold, what the sheep would, what the shepherd would do, because sheep is kind of like people. They don't, try to, they don't stay any place for a long time, so somebody might get up and want a midnight snack. One of the sheep might want to get up, and they'll try to walk back out. But what the shepherd does, he lays across the opening. And so if the sheep try to leave, they have to walk into him. If anybody tries to come in, they have to come through him. Y'all got it now? Y'all see how this kind of works? So not only does he lead them, but he also protects them. He also makes sure that nothing comes in to harm the sheep. And so this is how Jesus was trying to set this up and explain it to them so that they would understand when he's saying, I am the door, what he was referring to. And so this also this set of scripture also sets us up to see how intimate the relationship is with the shepherd and the sheep. 
It says in uh, verses number three and four, the fact that he calls them by name. Can you imagine a person having a thousand sheep and every one of them having a different name? Because he is so intimate with them, he picks out characteristics so that he could understand and know who they are. And he would be able to talk to them and be able to lead them and guide them appropriately. And because he has this intimacy with them, guess what? They know his voice. They know when he is talking to them. There's this, I think he's a middle school teacher. He's been teaching for a long time. And what he does every single morning, he has his opening day handshake that he does with every one of his students. And he makes sure that no two are alike. So he has established this relationship with these children based upon this morning ritual of this handshake. And the same thing, Jesus desires to have a ritual with you. If I'm talking about you, just look straight ahead. Won't nobody know I'm talking about you. He desires to spend time with you. He desires for you to know his voice above all the other noise that is going on. Can you imagine three or four shepherds coming out and calling for their sheep? Um, I had the video, but then I forgot to add it. But now... The, the video was this guy walks out in front of the camera, looks around, and you don't see nothing. And then he starts saying what, this phrase. I couldn't really make out the phrase he was saying. And he'd say this phrase. He'd hesitate. He'd say this phrase. He'd hesitate. He'd say this phrase. He'd hesitate. And then all of a sudden, it looked like the, the, the heels were moving. And you seen the sheep come running toward him. And he, I mean, he's, he's talking about this loud. And he's just calling the sheep, calling the sheep. And then all the sheep start coming around him. I said, isn't that something? <laughs> that even in that long distance, they knew, the, knew his voice. And there's other noises were going on, but they knew his voice. And they came to him and huddled around him. And so the same thing is what Jesus wants to have with us. He wants to have this intimate relationship with us so that when everyone else is talking... You can hear him clearly. You can hear him distinctly. Now, for those of y'all that know what it was like to grow up in the, in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and a little bit of the 80s, we didn't have no cell phone. Or to get a text message so that somebody tell you it's time to be home. Number one, you had an indicator. My indicator was the street light in front of my house. If that street light was on, I was late. So you would sit there and you'd be playing a game and you would watch. You see it start flickering. And you say, okay, I got about three more minutes. So you would try to play a little bit more. Because when it came on, you're supposed to be on that doorstep coming in the house. 
And every once in a while, you get the benefit of being able to sit on the doorstep and watch everybody else play. <laughs> but you had to be on that doorstep when that street light came on. In fact, our saying in our household was, when the street light comes on, penders come in. And so what we have to realize is that there's indicators or things that can draw us into where we need to be. And where I was going with this is, sometimes you wasn't on the right street. And street lights came on differently on different areas. And you'd be out there playing, and all of a sudden, wasn't nobody else here but you. My mama's calling me. Because you knew that voice. And you knew when you got your whole name called, that there was a belt waiting for you in that doorway because they had been calling you previously. That didn't happen to me, y'all. I'm, I'm talking about the other people. But there you knew that voice. Why? Because you were intimate with that person. You knew that person. You spent time with that person. You could be three or four streets over and they would call your name and you'd be like, hey, y'all, I got to go. And everybody was like, why? They'd be like, my mom's calling me. And you're like, I ain't hearing nothing. You ain't, you ain't worried about what they said. You're just like, okay, I'm headed to the house. And that is the same way that Jesus wants us to be. In the midst of all that's going on, to hear his voice. And to know his voice. And then it says, a stranger's you won't follow. Now, there can be some folks that sound like your mother, sound like your father, but you know it ain't the real McCoy. Mm -hmm. And so you'd be like, oh, no. But there are some times where we don't realize that we're following the wrong voice until we hear the real voice call out to us. I've told you before, at the Treasury Department, they don't teach them how to identify a counterfeit. They teach them what real money looks like. Because when you know what the real money looks like, guess what you can see? You can see a counterfeit. You can feel a counterfeit. So sometimes we get so involved around what appears to be Jesus we appear to be around what is uh, uh, sanctification looks like, and we get to the point where it is not what it is, and we find ourselves tied up, bogged down, feeling like we aren't in the right location. But then Jesus comes in, and he introduces himself to us again. That's why uh, John told us that we have to return to our first love, because all the other things that we've heard are not the true voice. But once we get locked back into the true voice, when the stranger comes, when the itching ear situation comes, you're like, I ain't hearing that today, because y'all already tried to pull me before, but now I need to go in the right direction, because you hear the voice appropriately and you know it is the right voice yes. Amen. so I said all this to get us to this point where we have to realize that first thing that Jesus did he didn't say that I am a gate 
or a door or an access point for the sheep. He said, I am the gate, door, the access for the sheep. And so we have to realize that there are many um, imitations. There are many imitators. There are many uh, innovators, but there is only one original. And Jesus is, as our, ser our entire series is, the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And it is our responsibility to follow after him. So first things first, the first way that he is this access point is he is the way of salvation. When we accept Jesus into our lives and we accept what he has done for us and we place him as the preeminence in our lives, guess what happens? He becomes the entryway by which we come back into fellowship with God. That's why he said all that came before me was nothing but thieves and robbers. They weren't they the real thing. Okay. And that's why the sheep didn't, ha didn't, didn't listen to him. Because real will reveal itself. Jesus is the only door by which someone can come into salvation. Very interesting situation. My number one grandson and I were riding in the, in the vehicle just recently. And he asked me a, a very good question. I said it was a very honorable question. I was surprised that he even asked me this question. And now y'all want to know what's the question. The question was, he said, Poppy... That's my, that's my grandparent name, Poppy. He says, Poppy, I got a question for you. And I said, okay. He says, what if all the religions are true? And I didn't say anything at first. And then he explained to me what he meant. He said, so what if Christians go to heaven? What if the uh, people that believe in reincarnation are reincarnated. He says, what if everybody, what everybody says is true? And I said, wow. I, I was like, man, that is, he only 50 years old. So, <laughs> no, he's actually 13. But this is one of those answers, this is one of those questions that you sit there and you're like, man, this is an awesome question. So we actually had, had a little bit of time to discuss it. And my first point was, Okay, I hear, I hear what you're saying. I say, yeah, that would probably be good, but this, this, is, this is the deal. If everybody was true, no, I mean, this was the last thing that we ended up with. If everybody was true, then something would be wrong because for something to be true, we got to have something contrary to it, right? I said, just like we talked about last Sunday, in order for us to understand what light is, I mean darkness, we have to understand what light is because there's no such thing as darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. So you have to have something that's not true to understand better <clears throat> what is true. I said, so then the first point I brought up was, what we understand about Christianity is that Christianity has a logical, histor histological review that has been verified. 
I brought up the fact, do you know that archaeologists use the Bible in order for us to understand where the locations of different uh, things are? And so we, you know, I began to, you know, explain to him these things. But the question is a wonderful question because we don't want to teach the next generation just do it because I said to do it. We want them to ask them kind of questions. And guess what? I'm going to tell you all this. If you don't understand or if you don't feel that you can answer the question, don't make up nothing. Just say, I don't know. Let's look at it together. Because when you tell them some crazy notion, then they're going to come to me and then I'm going to be like, who told you that? And they're not going to be disrespectful and they're going to be like, And then they're not going to have confidence in your explanations later on. That's just a parenting trip, a tip. Because if it's, it's, it's better for us to tell our children we don't know and let's research together mm -hmm. than just to do the because I said so. Okay. I'm thankful that my parents did not do the because I said so to me. They told me to go look it up. Mm -hmm. They told me to go discover it. Then I would come back and say, and then we would have discussions. Because, because I said so, it probably got me in so much more trouble. Okay. Because I went to the edge of it. But anyway, <laughs> the point that I'm bringing out is that there are questions being asked. There are, are, are desires that, because I want the real. I don't want religion. I want the relationship. I want to have what it appears that you have that makes you happy even on a sad day. All right, and we're not talking about my girl. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about being glorified in his presence. We're talking about him coming in and revealing to us his glory. But the only way to go to receive that is to go through him because he is the door. It's the only door that leads us to the forgiveness of our sins. It's the only door that positions us to have the relationship with the creator of the universe. It's the only door that makes us whole and complete. There's a lot of things that makes us feel okay, but being whole and complete is a whole nother level. The next thing. The next thing is. Going through the door and doing it properly allows us to have freedom. It allows us to have life. It allows us to have access to the creator of all things. Excuse me. It allows us to walk in freedom. Because Jesus alone is our provider. There's no one else that knows us to the point to provide for us in a way that Jesus can. Because his provision not only touches us physically, it touches us spiritually. It touches us to the inner core of who we are and what we are. And then... The third thing. So the first thing was salvation. The second thing was freedom in life. The third thing is it provides protection. 
Jesus being our door provides us protection. Just like the shepherd laying across the entrance, when things try to come in, guess what? They got to go through Jesus first. Yes, we are, baby. Hold on. So what we got to do is we have to look at the fact that the thief, the robbers came, they're only coming for to grab what they want. Mm -hmm. They're only looking for self-fulfillment. Now, I know we've taken this scripture and we've hung everything on the devil. And I, I want to tell y'all, the devil and I were talking. Mm -hmm. And the devil told me he's tired of y'all blaming him for everything. Some of this stuff is your own fault. So we sit up here and we blame the devil for everything. My car ran out of gas. The devil made my car run out of gas. The devil wasn't driving your car. So how the devil gonna make your car run out of gas? I ain't caught out no name. Look straight ahead. I ain't talking about you. All right. So I want you to know that the thief is not just something that is external. Sometimes the thief is the person in the mirror. Oh my God. I ain't talking about you. I just look straight ahead, okay? So sometimes we steal. Sometimes we kill. Sometimes we destroy because we're so focused on ourselves that we missed an opportunity to allow Jesus to come in and move us in the right direction. They're probably going to edit this part out because they ain't going to like it. But anyway, so the thief only comes and... I remember back in the days they would talk about, you know, you're jumping through the windows and all this other. But Jesus says that if you don't come in the right way, you came in the wrong way. Isn't that quite simple? And so what he does is when something comes at us, when he is our doorway, that that whatever's coming at us has to go through him first. Now, so this takes me to the story of Job. A lot of folks know the story of Job. And I, the point that I like to bring out is the devil had to ask God, can I do this? So sometimes situations come by permission of God to help to refine us to where he wants us to go. There was an old saying that good times, I mean, good times, I mean, bad times don't last always. Because sometimes what we think is bad is God maneuver, uh, maneuvering us to focus us so that we can be what he has called for us to be. I talked about pruning, how sometimes God has to cut off the limbs that are not providing the adequate amount of nourishment and uh, it's going to... Uh, 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 inhibit the fruit so we have to sometimes be pruned and I don't think a, 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 if, we could, if a tree could talk I don't think he would tell you that pruning is a nice feeling <laughs> having things cut off it feels good but in the end when it brings forth the fruit we find out that it was a good thing and so we know that if we allow Jesus to be our protector that he will uh, give us not only the ability
ability to, to go through the situation, but he will also give us elevation in the midst of the situation. Because we do face, we do face an enemy. We do face a thief. And he goes around roaring, trying to scare us. But when you're under the protection of Jesus, you don't even hear the roars. You just see the mouth moving. You just see him moving in your direction, but you're all right because you're safe. So our security is not found in us building up walls to protect us. Our security is found in us laying in Jesus' arms. Leaning on Jesus. Finding out that he is there. And as we talked about before, in the times that we are going through our, what we consider our lowest points, and if we look at the sand of our lives, we'll see there's only a single set of footprints, and we may have thought that's when Jesus left, you, left us, but no, that was when he was carrying us. He was holding us in his bosom, being with us through the situation. That's why David said, Lo, though I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm, I'm in the middle of it, but I'm continuing to move because you are with me. And because we understand this, we don't have to build up the wall. We know that Jesus is our protection. We know that Jesus is our keeper. That he will keep us in all things because he is our door. We started, we talked about that he is number one, our access to salvation. We talked about number two, that he is our freedom and our life. And then the third thing we talked about today is the fact that he gives us protection. Even when it looks like it's going crazy, we have salvation, we have life, and we have protection in him. So I want to just remind us that he is the door that provides us with the salvation, provides us with the freedom and the life, and provides us with the protection that we need. Because if we did not have any of that, we would be people most miserable. But because in him we have access to that, we can be the most victorious. And we can have a life that is most abundant because of him. Today, you may be looking around trying to find how to maneuver in life. And I want to tell you today that the best thing for you to do is to go to Jesus. Jesus is the door that we all need to go through. Now, we've heard things said before, you know, if you do certain things, but it's so simple in how you can access this door. You don't need no five-digit key code. You don't need a key. All you need to do is to open the door. John provided a very good illustration in the book of Revelation. He says that Jesus is standing 
at the door of your heart and that he's knocking. And he says that if you open up, he'll come in and he'll sup with you. Which means he'll just sit down and chill out with you and just be with you. Now, the painter that painted this illustration, if you look closely at the painting, you see that there is no doorknob on Jesus' side of the door. The doorknob is only on the inside. So Jesus just can't push into the door. He has to be invited in. And so today, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would just encourage you to accept him today. He is the door of your life. And his desire is to save you, to give you life and freedom, and to protect you. It's a very simple process. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, means that you recognize that Jesus is the Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Then a couple of scriptures on down from that scripture, it says it like this. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you call upon Jesus, he will save you. He will change your life. Now, I want to I really tell you that he will change your life. And that he will save you, which means that he's going to rescue you from the penalty of sin, which is death, and give you life. And the life will be an abundant life. And we want that. We desire that for you. So if you made that declaration today, if you have accepted Jesus today, we want you to get in contact with us. You can email us at info at godshousecc.com and we will get back in contact with you, assist you along this path because this is not an individual sport. It's a team event. We come together to help one another to go along this journey and we would be honored to assist you into becoming, coming into a greater understanding of who Jesus is in your life because he is the door. And once you open that door, things will change forever in your life. Please, let us know. Info, info at GodsHouseCC.com. We will definitely get back with you and assist you along this journey. Well, friends and family, Episode number three is done, the door, and the three aspects by which he provides us this access, access to, access to salvation, to life and freedom, and to protection through him. Till next week, God's blessings be upon you, and I ain't telling you what next week is, you better show up so you can see it, all right? God's blessings be upon you, in Jesus' name. Thank you.